hey, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Tenlet. I hope you're having a good day and I'm really thankful for you listening. So this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last time I spoke with Mike Cunningham, CEO and founder of Nine Trees, on a mission to inform, educate and take action for the better. We spoke about supporting individuals and businesses starting their Nine Trees journey to begin carbon balancing the nine tonnes of emissions each UK citizen is responsible for every year. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today is a GP, business mentor and mum, and is on a mission to build self-esteem and confidence in young teenagers to follow their own unique path in life. I'd like to welcome Dr. Joe Watkins to my podcast. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Lou. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So you're in South Wales, is that right? Yeah, sat on the South Wales coast. So it's pretty glorious. We've had summer in three days. Oh, fantastic. So tell me, you're a GP and you're supporting young teenagers. Where does your uh, career start being a, a GP and now helping teenagers? That seems quite a transition. So tell me, tell me how the GP thing came about. No problem. Well, it, I mean, it is quite a transition with lots of twists and turns, but I, I followed a fairly traditional path. I had a fairly traditional background with medical parents. And despite not being top of the class, I kind of managed to eventually get myself into medical school, which was just the expected thing, really. It was never something I gave too much thought to. I was just somebody that was happy to jump through the hoops at school. And those were the hoops that were put in front of me. There were a few um, hiccups along the way, but I eventually made it and loved the experience of being there. But I was never quite sure where I was going to fit in the medical world. Uh, I made some brilliant friends, had some fantastic times and really felt very privileged in all the aspects of medicine that I was able to be exposed to as a medical student. And then went on to do a lot of traveling with medicine, which is obviously one of the great things about it as a junior doctor, it can take you anywhere. So it opened up a whole world to me. And I spent a lot of the time doing my own general practice training, which is a bit less of a thing now, you have to go on more specific schemes. But right from the beginning, I wanted to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and build my own experience, really. Time then forward round and I was, you know, late 20, late 20s, early 30s and and your my focus was a little bit more on maybe settling down and having a family and doing general practice brought everything together. So I did my my final year of general practice, which then let me out into the world as a GP locum. And initially I loved locuming. I loved retrospectively managing my own time, managing my own diary, managing my own holidays. And I booked up as and when I wanted to with the practices that I really enjoyed working with. We then moved down to South Wales, which was a lifestyle move. We wanted to live by the beach and, and have a family down here. And as that progressed, I found myself becoming more um, sucked in is the wrong word, but more encouraged to become a partner in a practice and I found mm. the best practice in the whole of the country to become a partner in with the most amazing people and I had everything that every doctor would dream of really a two day a week partnership with brilliant people in a brilliant practice but mm. there was something missing for me personally mm, and um, I, I don't really know 
you know, it's still taking me a lot of time to work out what that is, but I think I'm there now. And this was yeah. 2010. I first felt that kind of itch and I started doing some training and different things. So I started off in acupuncture and then I did my Botox training because that's what everybody was doing. And I absolutely hated that and everything that it was about. Mm. Um, I then trained to be a trainer. So I was helping teach other GPs. So I was always looking outside of the clinical work. Yeah. Can I um, just ask why, why was GP being a GP or a doctor in the first instance a draw for you? I remember growing up five years old and always wanting to be a teacher and you know I had friends that wanted to be nurses and I was just like I'm not sure I can stay conscious if I see a needle or blood so what what was it about uh, working in the medical industry that really inspired you to kind of pursue that career? It was always about people for me. I've always loved people. I love meeting different people. I love helping people in any way I can. Um, I just love that human connection. Mm. So I've always watched Casualty and things like that, but it wasn't actually about the the sort of blood and the guts and the gore and the science. It was more the human connection and the human experience. Oh. And also being able to be independent and being able to practice independently and to be able to travel with my career was something that I knew was possible by doing medicine. Oh. And that those that I was open, you know, those the, my eyes were opened by family members ahead of me sort of saying, well, this would be a really good career path. I did take some sort of dead ends along the way. I started a hospital career in pediatrics. I started on a pediatric rotation. And yeah. I very quickly realized that being on a hospital rotor was just not going to work for me when... I wasn't allowed to do certain things at certain times. And I and I now retrospectively realise that a lot of this was part of my entrepreneurial brain. Uh-huh. Um, I think those of us that have set up businesses and done things differently and taken different paths, I think often we can reflect and realise that actually I feel in a way like I was trying to sort of fit in, fit a box but yeah around you know a square peg in a round hole for quite a long time yeah it's really exciting hearing hearing your kind of entrepreneurial mindset in the kind of medical industry I feel like it's a really it's probably I, I want to honor you with it being a unique thing but I also get the feeling that there may be other GPs or people in the medical industry that have that spark of entrepreneurship yeah. but they don't know where to go or how to break out of that box um like you you know working in tech I I never really felt like I fitted in just that space um it feels like there's lots more opportunity outside of the industry but with kind of um satellite elements of that but still with the core knowledge experience learning behind that and those transferable skills to do those other things that continue to light your fire. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that as, me- as medics, what often happens is that you have the very structured school system and we have, you know, I'm seeing it now in my friends' children that are going into medicine. They have a plan and they have A-levels that they need to do and then it's going straight to medical school and then they come off the conveyor belt the other end and there's expectations and hoops to jump through. And then yeah, they're getting to that midlife, 40s, maybe a complete family maybe looking down the barrel of doing their current job for another 20, 25 years. And they've actually forgotten what it is that they could do to start with. Mm. And all confidence in their abilities outside of their clinical realm has gone. 
Um, and I think that, you know, it does take, because it's a, it's a, it's a reliable income. Everybody always needs doctors. We know from COVID the jobs that went and didn't go, didn't go. And my colleagues working in hospitals, you know, I have, so, and, and GPs, I have so much admiration for, for all of the healthcare professionals and how they've navigated this pandemic. But really it showed you how valuable a medical career can be in terms of being able to keep a livelihood in any eventuality. Um, so I think it's difficult to replace that. I think people find it hard to drop their GP security and wage to yeah. take a risk to do something else. Um, and that stops people a lot of the time. But yeah. my mission at the moment with my business mentoring and coaching that I'm doing is actually trying to sort of reignite that creativity and that spark alongside your gen your medical uh, profession because yeah. I, for one, the, you know, the more creative stuff that I've done, the more I've actually enjoyed my day job. And yeah. if you said to me five years ago that I would still be practicing regularly as a GP, I would have said absolutely not. You know, my 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 plan was to exit stage right as soon as possible. Yeah. But now I love it. And I actually feel really, really privileged to be able to help people in the way that I do, plus do my own thing as well. I think that's amazing, seeing and feeling that, you know, one profession is not the be all and end all. It's not a dead end thing, that there are other opportunities. But I guess when you're stuck in an industry or a, a skill, um, you know, technology or medicine or, you know, any manufacturing or any other field that, um, you know, there, there's elements for taking risk and there's greater reward off the back of that and that is possible and I love that inspiration mm. that you're offering you know speaking with kind of friends that are GPs you know they do feel like it's the only thing that they can do and they don't necessarily see other opportunities so I'd love to hear how you help people from that perspective but um, mentioning the word how I know um, you are um, CEO and co-founder of the How People, and this is your um, organisation to support young teenagers. So, tell me a bit more, a bit, a bit more about that. So, How came about uh, through a complete um, coming of minds between myself and a very good friend of mine, ten years younger than me, like a like a little sister. Lots of lots of interaction between our families over the years. And my husband made the mistake of saying, if you two ever did something together, you know, you'd be unstoppable. So we were like, right, let's do this. <laughs> so um, I'd, come up with this, I'd come up with this concept um, of a, a course or a program to support girls in particularly going between primary and secondary school with the additional pressures that are now chucked in alongside hormones. So you've got you know, the obvious social media pressures, being on the end of their phones all the time, the comparative yeah. world that we're living in, role models that are not real, um, you know, the broken families, you know, all of these difficulties that are meaning that these 10, 11 year olds are often dropping out of sports, dropping in their self-confidence and then going into secondary school and being bombarded with the the, the tech and the social media side of things. And I had an 11 year old myself at that time. And that was really the, the impetus to try and do something. She'd mm. done a program when we were traveling that she'd, she that had been amazing. And I thought, well, let's try and do something here. So Polly and I got our heads together and we actually 
did what I now really recommend everybody does, which is just do something. If something is bubbling inside you that you that won't go away or that you think, I wonder what this would look like. We just got out there and we did a very, very low cost program. We begged the cafe to give it to us for free out of hours. We got loads of people to help us and we ran a six week in-person program in a local cafe after school. We did team building, we did communication skills, we did mindful photography, we did a bit of yoga, we built fires. We just we just had the most amazing time. And in that, we did some surf lessons as well, which was something that a lot of the girls hadn't done before. So this was a live in-person, super small, but just brilliant program for 16 mm. girls. Within that, we connected with some amazing female role models, including our great friend here, Gwen, who then started taking them surfing. So she started developing her little offshoot and we started sort of helping her bring more girls into surfing, which was one thing that happened. And then we started with our talks nights. So we started inviting speakers to come and tell their story for 10 minutes, um, give their inspirational advice to their teenage self and bring a load of girls together. After that, 2019, we stopped and we thought, right, this is this is a, a, a growing tra um, franchisable business model. So let's have how hubs all around the country with local role models, somebody, um, you know, manning it as in, you know, a, a manager in each area. And we thought that's the way for us to grow and develop mm -hmm. this. And then obviously we had COVID, but just before COVID, we decided that the, the easiest thing to reach these places was to do the live talks nights first. So we mm. had them booked in Bristol, Bath, London. We were selling tickets. We had speakers and then bang, you know, COVID comes along and we have to basically shut everything. So we'd taken all of the revenue for the tickets. We had to give everything back and cancel everything. And as with so many businesses, that was the the kind of pause button that was really required because I think before that mm. I I had very clearly wanted to grow a a business that was scalable online and my my personal vision is to have a business that I can do from the top of a mountain or the middle of a rainforest on a on a on a laptop while yeah. homeschooling and traveling with my kids. And actually, if I think about the business we were about to start developing. You know, that would have been far from the the personal vision. So whenever I speak to somebody now, I'm very, I'm very mindful that you've got to have that in mind. What what it is that you want. So it was getting, it was taking a different path. Yeah. COVID brought it back, and we had about a week of sort of going. Oh, that was a shame. That was fun. And then we had a couple of voice notes, and then we were like, let's do it. This Zoom thing of which people are speaking. Let's try this Zoom thing. Um, and that was it. So we decided to take it online. We researched all the platforms and we went with Kajabi as a software to be able to host memberships and courses. We had a little bit of training and then we basically just winged it and yeah. we launched straight away without any, we didn't have any email list. We didn't have any customers outside of our village. We Nobody knew who we were. We, we had absolutely zero following. But we decided to launch a membership straight off to be able to support teenage girls um, from the end of a computer. And that was the beginning of the next. So I sort of see this in stages, but really that was three years ago, you know, June 2020. Um, 2020. And we have 
been reaching girls on Zoom ever since in this in this membership format. But a year ago, or actually two years ago, we decided that to go along with that, we wanted to get into schools because it's all very well charging a private private fee for a membership. But we have a, you know, there's a barrier of entry. They've got to find yeah. us. They've got to have parents that want to be there. And we both felt super passionate about helping that person in the back of the class who maybe doesn't have those opportunities or doesn't have those role models. Yeah. Um, so then our school's mission basically kicked off two years ago. Cool. You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Dr. Joe Watkins, CEO and co-founder of The How People. So, Joe, you founded this um, face-to-face and then kind of converted to online, supporting young teenage girls. What makes you different from any other group or association that support teenage girls? I think what we what we specialised in or what we really focused on was the sense of community the sense of bringing together a bunch of girls from all around the country every week on Zoom where there was no judgment of clothing, trainers. Um, there was no back history for these girls. There were several yeah. of them that joined us with really quite low self-esteem and struggled with their confidence. We had a couple of phone calls maybe with parents or a couple of voice notes with them before they came on the calls. They were super nervous yeah. to actually turn up live on Zoom. But Pretty much every single one of them, after five or ten minutes of being there, felt at home, felt comfortable. We had people sort of saying, "This is the you know best hour of my week is sitting wow. talking to these people." So we we were able to feel, make them feel really comfortable. And I think that came from a from a couple of things. You know, Polly is you know a super vibrant, amazing individual. She's also brilliant at making design designing slides and things. So everything was always really upbeat and really full of color and character. And then we would just chat and it was, you know, we, it's a bit like watching, watching a really bad female version of Anton Deck. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of jokes and a little bit of, you know, uh, most, most of the jokes are on, are about me from her. Um, But I think that sense of being relaxed and feeling Mm. open and feeling like they were welcome and they belonged. And actually I I don't know of an organization that, that manages to bring that into a community like we did. Yeah. Now that now that we are evolving, that is the the element I I personally am really going to miss. Yeah. Yeah. So the the community piece sounds like it is the the nub and the hub of this uh, organisation, and actually it, it's what society is kind of dispersed. And whilst you know it's a fantastic story, the kind of shift that you made during COVID, and actually. I'm really heartwarmed to hear yet another fantastic growth and kind of shift story because we were put in that situation, Um, you know, to be more online. It certainly facilitated probably for you and I um, a lot more connection and, and kind of networking than we may well have experienced in person. So you mentioned supporting more people and uh, more young teenagers and your you know kind of ambition to reach schools and support more people uh, in in the UK and maybe further afield tell me a bit more about how that's uh, kind of going and growing yeah absolutely so a couple of years ago we had 
written a course already that we had in our armory and we were using some of those some of that content within the girls membership but what we did is we decided to do some live assemblies for schools up and down the country again using the wonders of zoom and webinar formats that was possible for us to live stream into into assemblies on various subjects so we did a few live assemblies and then we thought actually this could develop really nicely into a course so we did a pilot for a couple of schools focusing on that year six to year seven so that movement from primary to secondary school and the difficulties that are involved along the way so we've run a pilot in a few schools we've refined it we're on sort of the second um refining of it now because initially we did it live and actually what they wanted was recorded because everybody has different timing. Yeah. Now written a beautiful workbook and we've got a brilliantly recorded um, eight weeks of content, which is perfect for that year six, particularly towards the, you know, the January to May time leading up to secondary school. Mm. So we have this product now that we want to get as far and wide as we can into primary schools. But off the back of that, we have had several organizations approaching us. We've run some live sessions for our local council, and that is something that we may be able to consider doing further afield in the future. But most excitedly, we had a an email out of the blue from one of the brilliant members of the Prince's Trust um, in Wales, who had been following us for a while, and they run a program called Achieve into secondary schools. Mm. And it is basically an equivalent GCSE, but it's teaching life skills and other aspects um, that, that you can sort of earn points towards. And they have a health and well-being section towards this. But the Achieve program is very heavily weighted towards boys in terms of it seems to be the boys that sign up to it rather than the girls. But there's a real mm. need for girls. So yeah. I think they'd all sat around a table saying we need to do something for girls. We need to get some content about self-esteem and self-confidence for girls. And one of the younger members of the team had said, well, have you heard of the How People? Because that's what they do. And maybe they would um, maybe they would help us. And so they reached out to us and basically said we love what you're doing we'd really love to involve your material in our course so we've had several meetings and now we've built a course together whereby we have written a course with a workbook for three hour-long sessions and they will go into the schools with a Princess Trust person delivering the information using our recorded content wow. so they will facilitate the session in person using our product, our course online and our workbook. So that feels just so incredible to know mm. that we are going to be able to work with such an established organization with amazing, amazing people working for it who are actually going to be able to be there. Because Polly, my co-founder and I, we cannot be everywhere and we haven't taken that step yet to be able to have you know, permanent employees running around the country with how hoodies on delivering yeah. schools. And actually, I don't know whether we both want that as a business, but what we do want is to make an impact. And if we can make an impact alongside or with the Prince's Trust and with technology to yeah. be able to reach, you know, this is where the kids are at. They're watching videos. You know, they're watching stuff on YouTube. You can learn yeah. anything from the comfort of your own home now. So why yes. can't this, this be, you know, you don't need somebody there all the time. 
Mm. Um, so we are very excited about that. But it, obviously, it's a big piece of work. So we are concentrating our efforts now on on the school package and on these collaborations. We might be looking towards business collaborations in terms of getting our message out there. And so the community side of things that I mentioned before, I will really miss. That's that's having to just sit, just sit on the back burner for a little while. Yeah. We are only human and we, you know, yeah. we, we, we have to make sure that we look after ourselves as well in this process. Yes, I, I love the fact that um, a member of the, the team, a younger member of the team spotted your social content and, you know, recommended you. Um, and I think that's a, a reminder to all of us that, you know, you never know who's watching or who's observing your content. Um, I remember one of my posts some time ago um, alluded to the fact that, you know, that this for me feels like a made up stat and I can't quantify it. But almost 95% of people don't engage with you, don't like you, like your posts, don't follow you, but they can still see your content and still have an impact far and beyond what you see. So um, all is not lost. And it sounds like that's exactly what has happened. Um, whilst they, they've been following you and kind of seeing your content, you know, they've actually taken action and, and yeah. you know, made steps to connect, which you know, you just never know. Uh, and no, that's exactly. Exactly. And that's something I'm very, I'm always telling other people, it's that consistency. And, you know, it is tough, like running your own business is hard. Creating, you know, creating your own thing is, is, is not easy. And, and yeah. this concept of passive income and earning this amount from this course and this amount from, I mean, it's just ludicrous, to be honest, because it this is hard work, just like, anything is hard work. You know, you've yeah. got to choose your hard, right? Everything's yes. hard. So choose your hard. And if you're going to choose to do this, show up consistently and be persistent. You know, if somebody, if somebody is interested in what you're doing, you're right. It's not that one post they've seen. It's the fact that you've been front of mind for however long, you know, this, yeah. this summer is probably the least social media we've ever done <laughs> because we just, we, we, you know, summer's, summer is difficult and, and I'm okay with that. Like we're fine. I'm fine with that. And we'll get back on it as September comes along. No one's expecting yeah. you to be infallible, but you can't just post something and then follow it up six weeks later with something else. Cause nobody's, yeah. nobody's going to know what you're doing. Agreed. Ready to develop your leadership style? Well, Lutech offers a leadership package just for you. As an entrepreneur, you often need to pitch ideas, negotiate deals, and market your products and services. The MBTI assessment can provide valuable insights into how you naturally approach these tasks. By understanding your inherent strengths and preferred methods of communication, you can tailor your strategies to resonate with your target audience and achieve more favorable outcomes. Blue has over 15 years experience delivering feedback and helping individuals develop their leadership style. Book your session today at www.lutech.co.uk forward slash leadership. Now, this is a tech podcast, Joe. You've mentioned various systems and platforms that you use to facilitate, but give me a bit more of an insight into um, how technology has impacted your business. I think right from the off, I was very mindful of making this as streamlined and as simple as possible. My my previous product-based business, which I did on my own, 
Um, I became acutely aware of my downfalls when it comes to business. I am not a details person. I am not a spreadsheet person. My admin is far from organized. Um, It's all in my head, but it's just not in a very clear format. Partnering with Polly Crook, who is my co-founder with The How People, we are like the perfect combination because she is just operations extreme. There's nothing she doesn't love more than a spreadsheet with multiple tabs and different colors and like... I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. She's incredible. But it's hi- it highlighted to me the importance of numbers and the importance of, of being able to step away and that process of, of, of automation or trying to have some degree of automation in your business, particularly your online business. So we've always been a little bit ahead of what we needed maybe. And Kajabi was, was shown to me five years ago, I think, by somebody at the time. And and I thought, oh, this is a great place to host courses and host memberships. And you can also have as many landing pages. And it's it's an easy place to bring people into your world and have everything in one place. Now, obviously, things have moved on and there are lots and lots of different platforms that are similar. But if you spend the time to kind of do the work at the beginning, then it pays off further down the line. And I think it's hard to justify sometimes the cost of some of these things from the off, but more commonly people get bogged down with the actual nitty gritty of running the business. And so much of that can be taken off your plate. So I think we, I was very mindful of it because of previous experience. I was also mindful of it because of lack of skills, but actually I enjoy that whole process. And I enjoy the fact that you can have an idea and you can build an opt-in form and you can, you know, have it going to a landing page and put some ads out to it. And then you've got yeah. a different product. And I enjoy that process of building that now. But I'm always looking at other options that are out there. But I think if you run an online business, you've got to have you've got to have the right tech support from the off. There's no point yes. waiting for it to be the right time. Yeah. yeah. And I completely agree with you that, um, you know, it has to be scalable from the beginning. Um, my belief you know, is getting the foundation right so that you don't have to then completely change your business model because your tech support can't manage it. So actually make it scalable, ready for now. And and even if that means more investment up front, you know, we're not investing in the business. Well, we are, but it's as much investing in ourselves to release that that issue or the this lack of skill or ability and actually put in place some things that really help you focus on the things you love doing and it sounds like you've absolutely found something you really love doing and is is serving linking yeah. in a way to you know your fulfillment as a gp you know it's that giving back and serving and supporting people which always fills my heart i love that stuff yeah absolutely and you know what the biggest the biggest moment of pride I have now is that when I take my resources into my practice as a doctor I take my BNF and I take my menopause handbook because I always get lots of menopausal women and I take my how workbook for schools and Mm. I would say pretty much at least daily maybe twice a day so last week I did it four times I photocopy the sheets that we have in there for dealing with anxiety and worry. We have a load of breathing exercises, which are amazing. I photocopy our sheets that Polly has created for our workbook and I give it to my patients. And that has really made me realize how there are lots of resources out there, but everything's a little bit 
bit party. There's nothing that covers everything. So the next year, as well as being in schools, I will be pulling together the resources that I wish I had for teenagers and under 18s coming in with anxiety and panic attacks. And I will be giving them a product that we have made and be able to get that out to every GP surgery. And I think then, you know, we we really are getting to where the problem is starting. So, so many of these kids are actually got, you know, very low level anxiety and they're going to Mm. see the GP about other things, maybe getting a bit panicky. And if we don't deal with it there and then, and we don't intervene and give them the coping skills and the strategies to be able to help themselves, then that becomes deep seated, low self-esteem within a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, And then the further impact, you know, throughout their lives. So, I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. I, I'm really pleased to, you know, be speaking to you about this topic. Yeah, with kind of young young children kind of coming through that that phase. I, I want to ask you what's next, because I know there's there's lots of things and you've alluded to a couple of bits in the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, those are the two big things for how I think, you know, Polly and I are very focused on the the collaborative piece and making sure that we are making an impact um, in terms of what GPs can use and health visitors as well and nurses in the practice. On a personal level, I have started coaching and mentoring other doctors that want to start their own businesses and want to start their own their own maybe blogs or side hustles. It doesn't have to be a business, but there are so many amazing doctors out there with so many skills who are yeah. doing coaching qualifications lifestyle medicine diplomas sometimes you know more specific things like acupuncture and they 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 want to do they want to run a business and they want to get started but they get stuck at the first Mm -hmm. hurdle and so I am starting to offer one-to-one coaching and mentoring plus I'm going to develop a group program because I love community and I love diving on a zoom call and helping people (laughs) in person and be able to offer them something that is genuinely, this is what I did and this is what you can do. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I've, you know, I'm not saying that I'm in some way some super successful GP with, you know, lots of streams of income and is, you know, doing a great job of everything I do. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that, you know, 13 years ago, I was sitting in my surgery thinking, what else can I do? I don't really know what to do here. And I've learned so much over 13 years of doing all sorts of different things that I now feel really qualified to be able to turn around and hold somebody else's hand and help them. And to be able to, if I can help, I had a call with somebody earlier who wants to run a frailty clinic, for example, and I'm going to help her build a frailty clinic that is going to help older people improve their quality of life um, and improve their family's quality of life then you know that isn't that is real impact that I can have by helping other people step into the shoes that they need to be in Um, and they may also then enjoy their day job and not leave the NHS so there's a kind of two-layered impact there's a win-win there's a win-win there yeah (laughs) hopefully (laughs) absolutely there's a win-win right Joe. how can people get hold of you the easiest way is probably my own website, which is www.joewatkins.com. And I am on sort of Instagram badly, LinkedIn sort of, um, at Dr. Joe Watkins. And if you're interested in the how people, that is www.thehowpeople.com. But it's all linked from my personal website. So just, yeah, and I always love people saying hello. So do get in touch if anything resonated or you have any questions. 
good that all of those links will be in the show notes joe i just want to say a heartfelt thank you for um connecting and us having this discussion i really feel like it's gonna be something to help others you know maybe other gps teenage girls just feel more empowered that they have more options than what's in front of them right now so well thank you you, for having me (laughs) wonderful thank you bye-bye i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as i have recording it i look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode and in the meantime i'd love you to rate review and download this episode thanks again for listening yeah.